the following signal was intercepted and decoded by a satellite put into orbit by the Japanese cat food conglomerate, Pussygut 25. The satellite subsequently exploded and the message contained in its black magic box was relayed to Pussygut scientists in Osaka. Unsure of the ramifications of the message, the Japanese scientists sent the message in tape form by courier to an underground station specializing in the disposal of dangerous information. The aggressive containers used by the covert station imploded under the sinister energies of the taped message. The message warped, snarled and exploded out of the cylinders and into the wet brain of a young man working on a waste incineration plant in North London. Through his hands, this message reached textual climax. My career as an experimental writer began when I was employed in a temporary capacity on an incineration complex in North London. The job was so mind-bucker dull and dehumanising that it began to have extreme psychological effects on me. I spent most of my time either photocopying parts of my body or phoning Z-list celebrities from my desk. The guys I worked with shared a certain sanity break with me which accelerated my plunge into giddering lunacy. I'd always been interested in cutting-edge writers and nurtured a particular fondness for Orson Spectrum. Spectrum claimed his major influences as Mork and Mindy, isotonic energy drinks and solar flares. I even managed to pick up a copy of Feathers and Fannies, his first collection in the City Lights bookstore in San Francisco, which was a big deal for me. Memories of San Fran swarmed in my head for months afterwards. However, as I languished in the hell of TDM and Enfield, it seemed that California would be the only place outside of the UK that I would ever visit. The rich recollections of my American experience would gradually percolate down into an irritating scab. A story I would endlessly repeat and bore my friends shitless with as I grasped at my dreams with limp fingers. Automatic Biography Queasy Memoirs Written by David Goodchild while I was mummified in a porter cabin on the incineration site, a million things conspired to inspire me and insult my senses. The ins and outs of flu gas treatment, tailbacks on the M25, stressed out managers with fat heads and bald wallets, herpes, Japanese food and Icelandic rock music. Intensity and abandon were my golden watchwords. I was engulfed with a desire to remake myself as a radical artist. I'd written before, of course. My old English teacher, a Norwegian nymphomaniac, had been bowled over by my precocious use of the word anachronistic in an essay entitled What I Did on My Holidays. Overwhelmed by her attentions, I spent two weeks scribbling down sordid sexual fantasies inspired by the Japanese photographer Nobuyoshi Ariaki. These tales revolved around my English teacher revolving her arse around my giddy face like a fleshy sun. I never handed them in. I sometimes wonder what would have happened if I had submitted this budding erotica. Repulsion followed by expulsion? 
or filthy reciprocation. I'd started a couple of books, diaries filled with the notes of imaginary space commanders and the internal mechanics of biscuit factories. I'd invented millions of deranged characters and protagonists, taped fake interviews with Pac-Man and improvised gory accidents and murders to BBC sound effect records. In short, I wasted my entire youth. I was never short of friends at school, but then again, I was never really popular. By the time I reached the age of 18, I had accumulated a large circle of friends who represented the creme de la creme of the sexually retarded, mongoloid and feverish. There was Dominic, an Afghan-wearing freak who was the catalyst for my very first whiskey binge. I went to his house one winter afternoon, and we spent the whole time smoking, drinking Jack Daniels and listening to Captain Beefheart. When my dad came to pick me up, I hit the side of the van with my pulsating head, slid along the side and passed out. When we got home, I was presented with a massive, glistening roast dinner. Whether out of sadism or blind ignorance, I will never know. I spent most of the night puking my guts up out of my bedroom window. I'll always remember the uneasy epiphany I experienced the next day where I leaned out of the window to observe my ejected entrails. I had a headache so bad I was convinced there was a bleeding crack down the centre of my forehead. My vomitus had melted two holes in the snow. I must have been gagging and snapping my head from side to side while puking to create such a glittering parallel effect. That was my first work of action art. Totally involuntary. Snow Beast with Puke Plimsolls, 1986. You may have read my first real novel. This project was the result of a mash of obsessions and concerns that hit me as I dreamed of minx one hot summer night. A message from another world. I was 28 and had never had a proper job for more than six months. I justified this by considering myself to be an important and talented artist who would be spoiled and dehydrated by work. I was a stringy mess of obsessive-repulsive disorders. I counted everything to the point of madness. I was like the Sesame Street vampire on steroids. How many pairs of socks I had, how many crap rock albums, how many shirts, marbles, coat hangers and fingers. I even listed them on paper, converted the lists into computer files, printed them out and updated them on a daily basis. It got to the point I was creating lists of lists of lists, ever onwards into a strict mind obsolescence. What chance did I have in the real world? A world unsympathetic to the raw needs of wardrobe watching, literary action painting and the search for truth. I had one chance, and one chance only. I had to become a frontline writing machine, to explode like a letter bomb, blowing myself into instant masterpieces. I had to capture the last scream of a twisted mogwai as it hurtled down the love tube. Worth noting that the contents of this queasy memoir may not represent the current mental state and life experience of the author who is now 51 years old. Apologies for any offence, it was all intentional. Automatic Biography Queasy Memoirs Written by David Goodchild Read, edited and published by Mike Pierce Bum 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 b
It is imperative that you wash your limbs and arteries down with bleach and formaldehyde after exposure to this rabbit signal.